podcasts from the cat. Voices and sounds from Crew and Nantwich. Today we're talking to the managing director of an Antwitch-based logistics company established back in 1964 and now managing over 100 vehicles and 1.1 million square feet of warehousing. The company is part of the NWF Group, a key employer in the local area, and works closely with some of the UK's largest retailers. On today's show, we're really pleased to welcome Angela Carras, the Managing Director of Bowie Distribution Limited in Nantwich. Angela, welcome to Business Brunch. Thank you, Des. It's a pleasure to be here. Angela, as I mentioned in the introduction, Bowie Distribution uh, Limited was founded by Northwest Farmers back in 1964 and has grown to become the largest employer in the local area. So please share with us some of the, the key dates in the history of the company. Yeah, as you say, it's formed back in 1964 and there were numerous milestones in the, in the history of Bowie. Um, I'd say there's a couple that really stand out to us that have changed our business. Uh, one of them being back in 2011, where we introduced SAP as our new operating systems, uh, effectively the way we, we, way we do our business. That's definitely improved how we operate today significantly. Uh, so that's one of the major milestones in our history. And another one actually was back in 2020, where we opened our new site at Crew. Uh, so that's, you might have seen it on the corner, Crew 240, it's called. That was a key milestone for our business and definitely a driver for growth. Uh, interestingly about that particular site is that the team opened that site during Covid, which in itself is a, is an amazing achievement. And if I take you back to 1964, now I don't, I know you, <laughs> <laughs> that's a long way back, but, but there must be historical records about the company. Why did North West Farmers form the company in the first place? Yeah, originally it was to distribute some of the milk and the farming products. Uh, that was the original uh, reason for setting up and then evolved slightly to uh, deliver and collect certain goods, whether that be for the farmers' wives or the houses or their property. And then over time became effectively its distribution arm, taking on new contracts and new business and it has evolved then into the logistics company it is today. So there have definitely been many milestones. Funny enough, in two years' time, it will be our 60th anniversary. So we're just creating a, basically the historical milestones um, to remember the business by and then celebrate for our 60th. And I looked on the website, then you've got the beginnings of, of that yes, historical yeah. record um, and a lot of old photographs as well. There's there. loads of old photos, yeah. And we try, we're actually trying to find one of the original vehicles because we think it would be lovely to try and renovate one of the original vehicles if we could find one. Uh, so if any of the listeners are out there and uh, know where we might be able to get one of the originals, that would be wonderful. And do you know anything about the financing of the company going back to those days? Is that, is that... Oh, I'm sorry, I don't, Des, sorry. You don't? Yeah. Because I saw the site that they were building. There obviously was a lot of investment. And the Wardle site in the, yeah. Yeah, in the original days, yeah. It's a huge, uh, you know, 40-plus acre site. and We've actually got 15 warehouses on that site now. But way back in the day, um, there was just the one to start with and then we bought a bit more land and built another site, a bit more land and built another site. Effectively, it's an industrial estate where we've got all of our warehouses on there, apart from crew. Now, Bowie Distribution has traded through several recessions, uh, not to mention the recent pandemic. So give us a helicopter view of why why the company is so successful and it stood the test of time. 
Yeah, I think the industry as a whole, the supply chain and logistics industry, is really well known for its resilience, uh, you know, and finding ways to overcome problems uh, within the supply chain and logistics. But for our company in particular, I think it's I think it's a few things really. I'd say the main reason why we've survived and been so successful is actually our people. Um, they've got tons tons of experience and a real pride in the job that we do. They're well-versed at finding solutions, whether it be traffic problems or delays at the ports or labour issues. The team are, are, are well-versed in finding the solutions to overcome them. When when things hit an extreme, so the pandemic, for, for example, uh, where demand was outstripping supply in terms of, you, you'll remember the toilet roll saga, yeah. where we couldn't get toilet rolls in the supermarkets. And of course, within supply chain and, and logistics, we're desperately trying to feed the retailers with products that customers want. So the pandemic is a great example where we prioritise workloads uh, and orders to ensure that service continues with the resources that we've got. And where where demand ex- exceeds the resources that we've got, so we haven't got enough people or enough trucks, then we work with our customers to try and prioritise which ones they, they want to go out in which order. Um, so as well as our people being key to the success, I think our customers are also key to that and the way we work together to find the, the solutions. And then, as I said a little bit earlier, the systems that underpin the way we work and the way we operate is actually quite key to the success as well. So our, our people, our partners and our systems really definitely help us. So if, if I take you back a little bit now, and this is going to test your knowledge of oh, the company. Goodness. I know you've only been with them eight months. So. <laughs> if we go back a little ways where you don't have that same level of technology mm. and uh, leaders aren't aware of as much of how to get the best out of workers below them, why do you think that Bowie Distribution managed to negotiate that period yeah. and successfully? Yeah, again, we're very lucky that a lot of our team have been with us, you know, 10, 20, 30 years. So lots of experience and knowledge about how to get the best out of, you know, the the operating sites, uh, the systems that we did use back in the day. Um, Of course, SAP, our new system that we've got since 2011, has definitely helped us move forward and be more accurate, be a bit slicker in the way we operate. But I'm glad you touched on, on leadership because, of course, things have changed over the years, you know, the way... Managers would manage people 20, 30 years ago is very different to how we manage and lead yeah. people now. And people expect to be treated in a different way. So they need more inspiration, more development, more encouragement in the role, more praise uh, than we ever used to give them 30 years ago. Yeah. Uh, expectations are higher, aren't they? But nevertheless, the company negotiated that yes. period yeah, successfully. Yeah, so, yeah. so clearly doing all the right things. Yeah, trying to, yeah. Angela, you you joined Bowie Distribution earlier this year following an impressive period with Kalina Logistics. So talk us through your journey to the boardroom and why you chose Bowie Distribution as a career move. Yeah, thanks, Des. Um, I I feel like I've been very lucky in this industry. So I I didn't plan to join logistics. I kind of fell into it. Uh, Most people do, actually, when you you talk to people. But I started my career on on the warehouse shop floor. I was just a a picker, an average worker, if you like, and I was lucky enough to work my way up. Uh, lots of support, lots of training, lots of development along the way to the point, as you say, where, where I'm now in the boardroom as the managing director of our company. I feel very grateful to hold this position, actually. Um, the company is amazing. It's got some super colleagues. 
despite the size of it, so it's quite a decent sized company now at 62 million turnover, it's still got that family feel um, and continually growing and the team are really ambitious. And that's really why my decision to join the company was so easy. Um, you know, kind of, it was it felt like a natural fit for me to come and join this business. So that's really why I've joined. But yeah, very lucky to have been able to kind of work my way through the industry up to the level I am today. Now, as you've mentioned, you you started right at the bottom in warehousing. Yeah. So so you you know exactly what goes on <laughs> from the bottom upwards. Yeah. At that time, did you have aspirations? Did you have one eye on the top job, or, or did you? Did you feel that you, you knew where you were going? Yeah, actually, for me, not so much. Um, so, you know, I fell into this industry, as I said, because it was a, you know, it's a good job. It kept me fit. I was running around picking all day um, and had lots of friends that worked there as well. Um, at the time that I joined Des, actually, back in the day, that there was no women managers or women leaders in the industry. So I was encouraged by, you know, lucky I had a good team around me that encouraged me to take that first leadership role, which, you know, supervisor role uh, in, in the business. And they believed in me when I didn't believe in myself. Uh, so that, that, you know, kind of pushed me into applying for a job and I was successful and uh, got appointed. Um, and then from there, I set myself smaller goals and smaller targets to achieve. You know, what if I could get to the, the next level? Wouldn't that be great? What do I need to get to that, that post? What training and development do I need? Um, and so on and so forth, really. So at the very start of my career, I definitely didn't see myself being a managing director. As I evolved through the various levels, then, yeah, I thought one day it'd be super to, to join a business and, and be the leader of that business. So hence, hence why I'm here now. And whilst you were moving up through the ranks, did you, because of the, the things you hear on television about the way women are treated in business, did, did you enjoy a, a better atmosphere than that? Were, were your experiences all positive, more or less? I think let's call them challenges. Yeah. Challenges. <laughs> um, but I, th- I think I'm really proud to be in the logistics industry. I think it's the best one. There, there is no prejudgment of any individual in our industry. So if you can work hard, um, you know, show some positive energy into the job that you're doing, and there's no reason why you can't move on through the ranks. And that goes for for any kind of background. I didn't go to university, so some industries you need to have gone to university. Uh, that that wasn't a career path I, I chose. So I think it's it's definitely become much more open uh, for women. But certainly, I didn't see them as barriers. I saw more as challenges. And you know, and clearly you've overcome all those challenges. So. <laughs> yeah, a lot of help along the way as well. Good. Well, you, you do need that. You need the support of the people you work with. As managing director of Bowie Distribution, Angela, your overall responsibility amongst all of your other tasks is to is to manage and advance the company's strategic objectives. So detail what it takes to be an effective MD and, and what you feel is the most significant quality. Yeah, OK, thanks, Des. I think firstly, for, for any job, not just for the MD, but I will come back to that, um, I think you have to enjoy what you do, um, be passionate about it. I don't think you can you can hide if you're, if you're not enjoying your role, um, but certainly for the role of MD, th- this is key uh, for me to, to be passionate about it, be you know energetic. Um, the team and the customers you know look to look to me for guidance uh, and direction. So again, you have to have some kind of clarity and consistency in your approach. Uh, I think that's really helpful. Probably the most important quality, I'd say, for any leadership role, but certainly this one, is actually about emotional intelligence. So using all of your skills as a leader, make sure that you're showing and displaying empathy 
so that you, you know your teams and the customers can see that. Um, really try and be authentic in your approach. So don't try and fit into anybody else's suit. You know, be true to yourself and your approach, and then that comes across really well. Um, so I think I, I would describe that they're the most important qualities. I think for my role. Given that the the company has been successful and and clearly is successful under your leadership now as well, uh, they say a new broom sweeps clean, um, and I know you have a healthy respect for the uh, for the previous uh, managing director. But tell us how are you going to put your mark on the company? Yeah, I'm glad you kind of raised it. But uh, Keith, the previous MD, is a super super guy. He's, he's he actually retired. Uh, that that created the opportunity for me to join. Um, but he'd been with the business 20 years and really seen it through thick and thin. Uh, so, yeah, super, a super leader and a, a good person for me to follow. Uh, we had a great handover uh, before he retired and now he's off playing golf and enjoying himself. <laughs> um, in terms of what I can bring, um, as, as you know, I've been in the industry a long time, worked for a number of different organisations. So I've been lucky enough to see a number of different approaches being applied. Um, so I think, you know, my experience... Keith and I both very good, equally very good at our jobs, but different in our approaches. So certainly the important things for me are around the people uh, and the culture, uh, which is what I'll be driving the most um, and bringing all my experience to that. So, yeah, hoping to make my mark, Des. Thank you. Angela, some of your customers are amongst the largest retailers in the UK uh, and include the likes of Tesco, Aldi, Sainsbury's. So share with us how you develop and retain your major clients and how you've adapted to the changing needs of your customers. Yeah, yeah, Des, we, we service uh, the main supermarkets, as you've called out, although actually our, our customers, our direct customers, are the producers, the manufacturers or the, the brand owners of, of the grocery products that go into the supermarkets. Um, so we look after their warehouse and distribution and you know in and out of the supermarkets every, every day, uh, delivering goods to them. Um, we're very lucky, actually, that um, we've got some really, really long-standing contracts with our customers, you know, 10, 15, 20 years of continually working together, uh, providing services uh, for our customers. Um, so that, you know, customers only stay with you if they're happy with the service and the relationship. Um, so continuing to listen and support our customers is key to that relationship. Um, and then being agile enough to find solutions uh, to, to any type of issue or problem that they might be facing. That's how we've continued to to retain these contracts and continue to attract new business. That, that's the main areas, really. And in, in any business, the, the needs of customers changes, doesn't it? It you does. Know, it it does. changes with the times. <laughs> it changes because of uh, their customers' requirements. So how do you keep at the cutting edge of that? How do you maintain an understanding of what they need? Yeah, we're quite well connected in the industry, so that, that definitely helps. And we've got uh, nearly 200 customers in total, some ranging from very small customers, uh, you know, less than 100 pallets that we look after for them, up to very large, well-known brands that you'll have heard of, where we've got, you know, 15,000, 20,000 pallets for them. Um, so within, within them options... There's definitely things we've seen before or experienced before that we can bring to any particular customer's issues that they're facing at the time and therefore we can give solutions and we're quite good with our systems in terms of being able to develop the right ways of working for that customer and their requirements. We offer a lot of added value services, so 
if they have an online presence, we do e-fulfillment services for them. Uh, if they need any repackaging, uh, what we call rework in the industry, we've got a cold packing team that, that do that task as well. And we can service up and down the country in, in any way. So if a full load into Tesco, a pallet down to Devon, or a, an individual case being delivered to somebody in Scotland. We, we, we offer the full range of services. You're listening to a podcast from The Cat. Okay, uh, you have a, an enviable f- uh, philosophy on staff management and now employ over 700 local people in a period where recruitment is becoming more and more difficult. So tell us how you value your team and, uh, and how you keep them trained and motivated. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a very difficult climate that every business faces at the minute. The, the most difficult that I've seen in, in some 30 years in the industry so it's a it's a constant process you can't you can't just say we've got culture delivered it, it's constantly evolving um, and people of course want different things from from a career these days so what what we are very good at is helping people develop into more senior roles so we've got numerous examples a, a bit like my career history where I've developed through the ranks um, with a number of companies we've got examples of that in our business where people have, have developed into more senior roles uh, been involved in training uh, we use a lot of support mechanisms so projects is a good way of, of individuals learning and honing their skills formal management training is in place so we're, we're really good at that and but still working on ways to look at how we can improve and attract you know talent for the future um, not not just incoming but look after our people that have been with us 10 and 20 and 30 years how do we continually develop them in in a previous interview i've i heard an an interesting way of 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 helping people up the ranks not everybody wants to move up the ranks but if you give people an opportunity at least they'll um, fulfill their potential so and it was called step up so there was always somebody behind yeah waiting to move forward yeah. Uh, so you've got a succession. Yeah, succession and, and, plan is really important. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I'm absolutely certain you're doing something yeah. similar to that. So yeah, we have an, a number of routes. So the step up system, if you like, where you've got um, somebody to cover uh, the manager or the supervisor if they're off on holiday or off on a project that they're actively learning without being given the stripes, um, which is always a safe way of, of learning how to get to the next level. Yeah. Um, so that's great for people that want to be in the management uh, grades. Um, we also have systems where not everybody wants to become a manager, and, and that's okay. Um, so be the best that you can be in your chosen career yeah. and get you know as many licenses that you can if you're in the warehouse or if you want to become a driver one day but haven't got your HGV license, we have programmes where we take people from just having a car licence through class two, through class one, and then eventually they can become a HGV driver uh, delivering the, the goods to Tesco if that's what they wanted to do. So we have good programmes in place for that. And, and when you're networking with other distribution companies, do you find that's com- quite common, bringing people up through the ranks? Because De- obviously there's a, there's a clear shortage of drivers in the UK at the moment. Yeah, I think this, this shortage hasn't just come. It's been a shortage for about 20 years. But yeah. we've all been kind of, every industry's been kind of ignoring it, hoping that the government would fix it or other businesses would fix it or, you know, the the applications would change. Um, during the pandemic, it definitely changed our views on everything, and every company effectively uh, introduced, you know, driver development schemes. Uh, we've been really successful in ours, uh, but other industry, you know, well-known um, 
logistics companies are doing the same as well. So we're actually not short of drivers anymore now. We're very lucky uh, that we've got you know enough to do, do the job we need yeah. and they're very good. Um, so, yeah, we're lucky, but we'll still continue to develop future drivers as well. And have you had um, support from government in, in respect? There's to... no government funding for that. No, I don't mean financially. I mean that they help you to ensure that there are more drivers on the road. Is, has there been no Yeah, help? there's been some changes. Uh, to, so they, if you remember, they, they wrote out uh, to all retired drivers to see if they wanted yeah. to come back to the industry. Uh, opened up some of the uh, sessions, so where the driver has to go for their examination. So they opened up more sessions there, um, but no financial support. But you know, we, we're seeing that as an investment in our people anyway, yeah, absolutely. Uh, as opposed to anything else. Yeah, Angela, you're investing in future growth, and uh, you have a five-year strategy to take you through to 2027. So, tell us what the future holds for the company. Yeah, so we, we're taking the last five-year plan that uh, we, we had developed and we're updating it uh, for the next five years. So we're still in the process of updating and finalising that strategy. Um, but it definitely continues to feature growth and expanding our business. Uh, so you know, last year we were 62 million uh, revenue, the year before was 55. Uh, we're expecting to be 66 this year and so on and so forth. So definitely, definitely growth and expansion of our business we're actually really well placed and well respected in the industry, um, which of course leads nicely for growth. So if you've got customers that want to come and join your business and customers that will recommend you to others, that definitely helps our agenda to grow. However, we're only actually as good as our people and our service. So whilst growth is on our strategy, there's a whole other section that says, you know, how are we going to develop our people? How are we going to attract people? What is the culture that we're trying to set for the next five years? Um, what what are we going to do to try and make a difference to the environment and our local community? They're key to our growth agenda as well, um, covered within our ESG, so the environmental social governance agenda that we have as a business. Now, here's an interesting question. I'm just going to throw this in the mix, but it's not one that you're expecting. So a few months ago, I was listening to a debate on how companies could survive without growth because it encourages consumerism and consumerism produces uh, a lot of the waste that we're not able to, to deal with at the moment, particularly plastics. They're looking at ways of companies surviving without growing. What's your take on that? We're a service provision business, so we don't make anything. Um, we provide services to our customers for their, you know, effectively warehouse and distribution element of their supply chain. So, you know, we could still be a very, very good business if if we didn't grow uh, and we continue to be, you know, surviving in this area for another 58 years, 60 years. But actually, it is on our agenda to grow, but to do that in the right way. So more and more now, we're providing data for our customers um, to understand how they can reduce their carbon footprint. So for every single delivery that we do, we have a carbon emissions graph for that delivery. So we're encouraging customers to take waste out of their supply chain. So rather than delivering in cases, can you deliver in pallets? Rather than delivering in a pallet, can you deliver in a full load? Does it have to go every day? Can it go every other day? Um, looking at packaging, uh, looking at uh, plastic wraps. So the wrap that we use in our business now is 30% recycled plastic. 
So you know we're, we're we're encouraging our teams within our within our ESG agenda to look at all areas of the business, and then we make suggestions back to our customers because we just provide the service, as we said. Um, but how do we provide the best service we can? And is that a two-way street? Are you getting ideas back from yes. your customers yeah, as well? Yeah, various customers that we're working with are already uh, working on, on their carbon emissions as well. So we've just introduced on our what we call our shunt motors, so the, the units and the vehicles that we use just on our sites, they don't go out on the, on the road. We've been able to introduce there with the um, HVO, so hydrogenated vegetable oil, at 100%. Um, so that replaces diesel in our in our vehicles, uh, which is a great a great new agenda for us. And what that basically does is takes ninety percent of the carbon emissions off that vehicle. It, it's a lot more expensive, so hopefully technology will catch up and reduce the price and make it more commercially viable for our customers to use on the road as well. We've ordered our first electric vehicle, so we're just waiting for that to be delivered later this year. So there's a I think there's ways of surviving. And growing at the same time. Yeah. Um, and I think that's that's what we're keen on doing with our with our strategy. Well, it's really good to hear that. Uh, I understand, and rightly so, that your your company ethos places more importance on a, on running a tight ship and looking after your people, as you made that quite clear, as opposed to winning awards. However, that said, uh, you were a finalist in Haulier of the Year Award in 2020. Uh, you've received high standards in the Standard for Storage and Distribution accreditations and again are a finalist in this year's Haulier of the Year Award. So talk us through these awards and share with us why they're important to you and your team. Yeah, I think, you know, our industry again is very good at recognising high standards and it gives all organisations a chance to, to strive to be better. Um, so where we where we've had some good examples uh, of success, then it gives us enough of a, a story, if you like, to apply for these awards. Um, so this year, as you, as you said, in twenty twenty two, we we've managed to be shortlisted again uh, as a finalist for Hawley of the Year in motor transport. Uh, so that's coming up uh, in September. Um, it's a really prestigious award when you think of how many logistics companies there are in the UK. So it's very difficult to get to the finalist position and, and you know, fingers crossed, um, you know, be nice to win this year uh, rather than just be a finalist. But, you know, the best business will be chosen. So I think, you know, the awards are really worthwhile and it's good recognition for what we do. It encourages customers. More importantly, though, I, I want to use these awards as a as a recognition of what our teams have done for us. Um, we we can't even apply for awards without the good work that goes on behind the scenes. Um, so your service has to be good, your standards have to be good, and that's you know all all kind of credit to the team, the hard work and commitment that that they put in for us. Uh, it's fantastic that you are a finalist again, and uh, here at the Cat, we we wish you well in in your uh, endeavours to be to be winner this year. Thank you. Uh, and I'm sure the team will, will, will be well pleased. If, uh, oh, it'd be super, wouldn't it, to bring it back? But it, it's a great accolade just getting to become a, a finalist. Yeah, I'm sure. So, Angela, thanks so much for coming into the cat today and uh, giving up your precious time as Managing Director of Bowie Distribution and talking us through the, the ups and downs and the reasons why Bowie Distribution is such a successful company. So before you go, please... Tell our listeners where they can find more information about Bowie Distribution Limited. They may well be a potential customer or they could be somebody looking for a job. Yeah, that, that'd be great because, you know, we're always looking for good people. Like I say, we are we are growing our business. Um, the best place, you know, to, to find out a bit more about us is go to the website. So 
www.bowie.co.uk. Uh, we're also on social media platforms, so LinkedIn, Facebook and Twitter. Yeah, just kind of reach out, really. The, the website gives you a couple of opportunities to contact myself directly uh, or, or a member of our team, and we'd love to hear from you. Angela, thank you for coming on The Cat today. Thank you so much, Des. I really appreciate it. Go to listen.thisisthecat.com for more podcasts and more ways to listen.